Okay, thank you for listening to Beyond the Court Ministries. My name is Destiny Hughes Santos. If you're busy and you want to learn more of the Word, this is a place where you can grow in the Word of God and get something and apply it practically to your life. So thanks again for listening, and I hope you enjoy the Beyond the Court Ministries podcast. Hey, welcome to Beyond the Court Ministries. I'm so excited you decided to tune in. And if it's your first time listening, the, the heart of this podcast is to really dive into the Word of God and get the truths hidden in the Word of God that we can apply to our lives, that we won't just be hearers of the Word, but that we become doers of the Word. So thanks for tuning in. And we have been doing a Bible study in the book of Luke. We are in Luke chapter 6. And today we're going to look at Luke chapter 6, verse 39 through 42. So Luke chapter 6, verse 39 through 42 says, He also told them this parable. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into a pit? The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like the teacher. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And that was Luke chapter 6, verse 39 through 42. So the title of this episode today is called Ointment for My Eyes. Ointment for My Eyes. So let's revisit this passage and let's go back to verse 39. Verse 39 says, He also told them this parable. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into a pit? So the first thing I notice is that Jesus desires to correct our vision. Jesus desires to correct our vision. If I can't see clearly, I will not only fall into a ditch, but those who follow my lead will too. So I want to read a few passages of Jesus speaking about the importance of our sight. And I believe our sight is our vision, our perspective, how we see. So I want to read Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 through 23. And it says, Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. And that was Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 through 23. And again, this is Jesus speaking about the importance of our sight, our vision, our perspective, and how we see our eyes. I also want to read Revelation chapter 3. Verse 17 through 19, and it says, You say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. 
So I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. Also, buy white garments from me so you will not be shamed by your nakedness. An ointment for your eyes so you will be able to see. I correct and discipline everyone I love. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. And that was Revelation chapter 3, verse 17 through 19. And that was Jesus talking. Both of these passages is Jesus talking. And what I like about that in Revelation, Jesus is saying, buy everything from me. And when you're naked, buy my garments. When you're poor, buy my gold. And he also says, an ointment for your eyes so you will be able to see. So the question that came up is, so how do we see? How do we see? Well, let's go back into our main text, back into Luke chapter 6, and let's look at verse 40. Jesus says, The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. And so from that verse, Jesus is saying we have to become students. In verse 40, he says, The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. So we have to become students. We can't teach something accurately without being a student first. It's like looking through a classroom window at the teacher and mimicking what the teacher is doing without bothering to sit in the class ourselves. We have to become students to know what this teacher is saying. And then we will be like the teacher who is capable of teaching others. Otherwise, we will teach a distorted lesson that will lead ourselves and others into a ditch. So Jesus is our teacher. Our goal is not to do what Jesus did, but to become like he is. Because if we become like he is, then we will naturally start to do what he did. If I don't embrace becoming like him, then I can only love my enemy to the measure of my capability. I can only not judge others to the level of my capability. But yet I can still be blind because I'm mimicking what Jesus is doing from the classroom window instead of sitting in class and learning, listening to what he's saying. Truly being a disciple. That word disciple means learner, a student of his. I need to become a student of his before I'm able to become like the teacher. I have to be a student. So now the second question is how to become a student. How do we sit in the classroom of Jesus? Well, number one, we have to study the word of God. And I'm going to list four reasons why we need to study the word of God. Number one is because it's inspired by God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 through 17 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And that was 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 through 17. And so sometimes I hear people say, well, I don't 
read the Bible because it was written by human beings and, and there's contradictions and there's errors. But human beings did not write the Bible. God used vessels to write the Bible. It's God breathed. And we have to believe that in order to be a student in Jesus classroom, we have to know that the word of God came from him. If you don't have faith to believe this, then you're left with your own opinions and you will not truly be able to learn from the teacher. If something is in there that you don't like, that doesn't make sense, that doesn't mean it's not true. It's kind of like a parent. Sometimes kids have to hear what is true and beneficial, even if they don't understand or even if they disagree. But because you as a parent love them enough to tell them the truth, you don't hold back the truth. So in the same way, we're meant to receive our father's truth as what it is, the truth. And we have to believe that even if we don't like everything we hear. I want to read Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. It says, direct your children onto the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. And that was Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. So as a parent, I'm not a parent yet. So (laughs) I can't imagine how some of the parents uh, feel. I desire to be a parent and I know that time will come. But I do know that as a parent, your role is to direct them onto the right path. And even when they get older, sometimes, you know, as we get older in our teenager years, that rebellious stage come. But if the right seeds were planted when we were young, when that child gets older, they know how to come back because they have the right seed in their heart. And in the same way, since we are children of God, even when we don't understand the word of God, we have a decision to humbly say, God, please change my heart because I believe your word is true. And I trust that as I grow in spiritual maturity, that my eyes will be open to understanding later. Or on the other side, we can decide, as some rebellious children often do, to reject his authoritative word altogether and do our own thing. And like a rebellious teenager who sometimes have to learn the consequences of their actions behind bars, there will be spiritual consequences to our actions as well. As long as we are still breathing, we have a chance. But one day, the prison door may be locked for good when we knew We had the key the whole time, but failed to use it. And so that's the first reason why we should study the word of God and how we can be a student in God's classroom. We have to believe by faith to know that it's inspired by God. It's God teaching us. God used vessels to write the word of God. And I have to believe that. That's the first step. Another reason why we need to study the word of God is because it is powerful enough to transform us. I want to read Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 through 13, and it says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And that was Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 through 13. And right there in in those verses, it's saying that the word is alive and it's sharp. 
It penetrates. It hurts. It divides between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It judges our thoughts and our attitudes and our hearts. I mean, that's what the word of God does. It's meant to examine ourselves and correct ourselves. And if I'm going to be a student that wants to be like my teacher, if I want to be Christ-like, I have to submit to the process of letting the word correct me, letting the word cut me, letting the word transform me because it is alive and God still uses it today. I want to read another scripture. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And that was Romans chapter 12, verse 2. So in order for me to be a student in the classroom of Jesus, to be a Christ follower, a disciple of Jesus, and not to conform to the customs of this world, I have to allow God to transform me into a new person. And the only way he can do that is by changing the way I think. And the only way he can change the way I think is if I learn how to think like him. And the only way I can learn how to think like him is if I allow him to correct my thinking. Even if I don't like it, even if it hurts, I humbly allow it to correct my thinking because I know that he's a good father and he loves me, and just like any good parent, he's going to tell me the truth, even though the truth sometimes hurt. So that's the second reason why we should study the Word of God, because it's powerful enough to transform us. And as our mind are being renewed, and as our hearts are being renewed by the Word of God, then all of a sudden, the things that we didn't understand, we start to understand because we submitted to those processes. The third reason why we should study the Word of God is because it reveals who God is. I want to read John chapter 1. In John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And if you scroll down in John chapter 1, verse 14, verse 14 says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. You see in verse 14, the word became flesh. But also in verse 14, it says he was full of grace and truth. Jesus is our teacher and the word became flesh. So when we read the word, we're allowing Jesus to teach us. It's full of grace in there but it's full of a lot of truth. And he knows how to renew us, transform us, and teach us so that we can know who he is. And as we learn who he is, we become like him. I can't look through the window and mimic what he do when I'm not willing to become like he is. So that was the third one. It reveals who God is. And then the, the fourth one that I'm going to talk about, and there's many ways why we should study the word of God, many ways, but I'm only going to cover these four. The fourth one is it gives us wisdom for life. It gives us wisdom for life. I want to read Psalm chapter 119, verse 105 through 106. And it says, your word is a lamp for my feet 
a light on my path. I have taken an oath and confirmed it that I will follow your righteous laws. And that was Psalm 119 verse 105 and 106. And I like how that scripture says his word is like a lamp to my feet. Well, what does that mean? A lamp to my feet. I believe it means wisdom for my present circumstance. I might not know where I'm going yet, but I can trust that when I read God's word, he may give me clarity for my current situation, a lamp to my feet where where I'm standing at right now. But also that scripture says it's light to my path. Maybe God has put dreams in our hearts or maybe God has given us a vision and we have a sense of purpose. And so we kind of have this light revealed to where he's calling us to go. Well, that's wisdom for what's to come and how I can prepare. Now I know kind of where God is leading me. So now I can properly prepare for that. I might not know how I'm going to get there, but at least I know where he's leading me. It's a light to my path, wisdom. And so that's what the word does. Those four things we have to believe is inspired by God. That's the first step, faith. We have to believe through faith that God used the vessels to write the word. It's from him and everything. All scripture is inspired by him. Two, we have to know it's powerful enough to transform us. Three, we have to know that when we read it, it's not just reading a book, but it reveals who God is. It's as if Jesus himself is sitting right in front of me and teaching me his ways, transforming me. And four, it gives me wisdom for life. When I don't know what decisions to make, when I'm not sure what to do, when I take the time to read the word of God, it will reveal clarity in current situations, but it will also reveal clarity regarding my purpose on what's to come. So those are all four ways of why we should study the word of God and allow ourselves to be students in Jesus' classroom in order to receive proper vision and ointment for our eyes. Okay. So the second way we can allow ourselves to be students in Jesus' classroom is by the Holy Spirit. So the first way is by the word of God. The second way is by the Holy Spirit. I want to read John chapter 16, verse 5 through 15. And it says, But now I am going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking where I am going. Instead, You grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin. End of God's righteousness. End of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives 
from me. And that was John chapter 16, verse 5 through 15. So right there, Jesus is saying, even though I'm leaving, I'm not leaving you alone. I will still teach you and be with you by my Holy Spirit. So how do we commune with the Holy Spirit? Well, before we pray or before we read the word of God, we invite the Holy Spirit and ask him to guide us and to teach us. And then whatever he tells us and we'll know in our inner being, in our inner man, in our conscience, we can hear God speaking to us from deep within. You know, it's like a living well of water deep within that God has put in us to allow the Holy Spirit to be able to communicate from him to us. And when he starts to speak, we'll know. And then it's our job to follow what he speaks to us. It's one thing to know what the Holy Spirit is saying, and it's a whole other thing to be obedient to it. And so we have to be led by the Holy Spirit. And when we are led by the Holy Spirit, that is another way how we are students in Jesus' classroom. And as we are learning from God, not only by his word, but by listening to the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is telling us, and by being obedient to the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is, is asking us to do, then we're being transformed and conformed into the, the ways of the kingdom of God. And we become like Christ. We become godly. We become Christ-like. And now we're becoming students who are becoming like the teacher. And then the last way, the third way we are students in God's classroom is through the church. So God not only uses his word, he not only uses his Holy Spirit, but he also uses the church to teach us. I want to read Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 16. And it says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And that was Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 16. So God uses his church to teach us. That's why it's important to be connected to a church body because he anoints people to help us know the truth and grow in, into our maturity in faith. That doesn't mean that there isn't imperfect people in the church. Maybe you've been hurt by people in the church. I've been hurt by people in the church. But if we're wanting to be students in Jesus' classroom, 
then we have to trust the resources he's given us to help us grow. Just like there's imperfect people everywhere, there are some imperfect people there. But also there's some anointed men and women there that are God sent to help us grow in these areas. Otherwise, if we don't learn in this way, then we can easily be deceived with clever lies that sounds like the truth. And we can remain blind to the truth that God has for us. So in conclusion, I want to hop back into Luke chapter 6. And I want to finish with verse 41 and verse 42. So Luke chapter 6 verse 41 and 42 says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And that was Luke chapter 6 verse 41 through 42. So in conclusion, if I'm not being guided by God's word and accepting all of it as truth, if I'm not being led by the Holy Spirit and obedient to what he's called me to do, and if I'm not connected to a local church to be matured in my faith from others, then I'm just mimicking what I see through a glass window. And I will blindly lead myself and others into a ditch. So let's be students so that we can then be like our teacher and let's allow Jesus to heal our eyes with the ointment that only he can provide. I hope this message was an encouragement to you and let's just end in prayer. So Lord, I just thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for the truths found in your word. And God, I thank you for using your word to help us grow and become more like you. Lord, I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would help us receive all that you have to teach us, not only through your word and not only by your spirit, but also in the church. And Lord, I ask that you would put the right men and women in our churches that's filled with your truth, filled with your Holy Spirit, so that they can truly lead the way you've called them to lead to help others grow in your body. And I also pray that those who have been looking at you from the window and trying to be a good person and trying to do what you did and trying to love like you love. God, I pray that this message will bring a spirit of conviction and they will remind them, stop looking from the classroom window. It's time for you to join the class. It's time for you to sit And believe that what I have to say through my word is true. And believe that the conviction that you feel by my Holy Spirit is true. And believe that the church that you've been thinking about attending has the resources that will help you reach your potential. God, I pray that as we grow in this way, by your word, by your spirit, and by your body of believers, that you will help us fully reach our potential and what you called us to do And that you will heal our eyes so that we're not blindly walking, but also that we're not blindly leading others. Lord, we love you and we thank you. And I ask this, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
And, you know, sometimes on this podcast, I like to give an opportunity for those who may not have surrendered their life to Jesus to come and do that. And so maybe this message really spoke to you. Maybe the Holy Spirit really convicted your heart like, oh, my God, I think God is speaking to me. Maybe you are the one that has been looking through the window and you like Christianity. You like the love that God offers in it. But there's some things you don't like about it because it rubs you the wrong way. And I believe that this message was for you. And I believe Jesus is calling you saying, hey, I see you looking. I love you and I want you to come and be a student of mine because I got more for you and I want to transform you if you let me. So if that's you and you know you've been looking from a classroom window and it's time for God to give you ointment for your eyes because you want to be able to see clearly. And if you're ready to surrender your life to Jesus Christ and make him Lord over your life, not just Savior, not just enough to see him through the window, but if you want to give him permission to transform you, if you want to give him permission to renew your mind, permission to make you a new person, then this message is for you and he can do that. All it takes is faith. And if that's you and you're ready to join the family of God, to join the classroom of Jesus, I'm gonna lead you into a prayer. And I want you to repeat this prayer after me, but you make it your own words. So just repeat after me and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for being my teacher. Thank you for dying for my sins. And God, I believe. I believe that I'm a sinner. I believe that I need a savior. So Lord, I repent of my sins. And I ask for forgiveness. And I ask that you would give me your Holy Spirit to help me overcome my past so that I can move forward into my future. And Lord, I also ask that you would give me a hunger to read your word. And as I read your word, I pray that you would give me the humility to receive your word. And God, as I receive your word, I pray that you would transform me into a new person by renewing the way I think. And Lord, I pray that you would give me ears to hear your Holy Spirit, to guide me, to lead me, and to bring conviction to my life so that I can become mature in who you're calling me to be. And lastly, God, I ask that you would help me Find a local church that's filled with your Holy Spirit and that's filled with your truth and that's filled with your people that can help mentor me and guide me in the life that you have for me. Lord, I love you and I thank you. And I ask this, Father, in Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Amen. And hey, if that's you and you gave your life to Jesus and you said, you know what? I've been looking through a window, but I didn't know that I need to be in the classroom. Congratulations. You are now in the classroom. So I just encourage you dive into the word of God commune with the Holy Spirit, and get connected to a local church so you can become the fullness of what God has for you. Thanks for listening to this podcast, and I hope you have a blessed day. Thank you so much for listening to the Beyond the Court Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed the message today, please subscribe and share with others as I will continue to upload messages. Also, if you would like a daily devotional, shoot me an email at beyondthecourtministries at gmail.com. Thanks and have a blessed day.